Hello, everyone. Coming up, new details have been released about Ogo's Cantina. I don't think I said that right. Coming to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, not the Cantina name. I think details, I said that incorrectly. Uh, Disney Cruise Line may be expanding its presence in Miami, and we'll discuss the 2018 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival, as well as a couple other things. So live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged episode 1005 for the week of September 4th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's show. I am your host, Craig Williams. I'm filling in today for Pete, who is currently not here because he is with all of the Dreams Unlimited travel agents at FAM, along with, obviously, John and Kevin. They're there, too. They're all important with it. Uh, so, yeah, that's where they're all at. So you're going to be asking yourselves, who's going to be on the show today? Because Kathy's an agent. Teresa's an agent. Everyone's an agent. But we do have an agent on the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind on all that. Let's talk about who is here. I'm joined by Steve Porter. Hello. And his better half for the very first time, Michaela Porter. We'll get to know her in a little bit. Charles Boda. T Dales, I believe you yeah, said. Yeah, that's what he said. T Dales. Yeah. T Dales? Yeah. I said it backwards? Yeah. yeah. Well, you're like, we've got some interesting T Dales. There we go. <laughs> yes, new word. T Dales. Uh, Julie Martin. Hi, y'all. And then, of course, Rhino Clavin. Hello. Hello. So we have a great show for you here. Uh, maybe. maybe. It's already starting off pretty rough, so we'll see if it can <laughs> can improve a little bit. doesn't matter to me. Regardless, we, we just have to do our job. So we're going to keep doing that. So I already mentioned that Pete, John, Kevin are at FAM, so that's why they're not here. Um, and that's really all I have in terms of the housekeeping. So we did reach our goal last week, and I think we mentioned it on the show, for the $100,000 for Give Kids the World. So that was an Woo-woo. awesome job. Uh, I don't know if you can even still donate to that if you want to keep pressing it over, mm-hmm. but we reached our goal. So that's all that matters. And uh, yeah, that's that's that. So does anyone else have anything to discuss for housekeeping? Anything you want to bring up? I just want to say thank you to all the people that stopped to say hello to us during the Food and Wine Festival. Yeah. Uh, it was borderline overwhelming because it was like, <laughs> wow, there's a lot of people here who would just, you know, just say like, thank you for helping us plan our vacation, stuff like that. It's not gloating. It's not whatever. But like when we do this stuff, we're just in a room looking at a camera it's one-sided for us, you know. I guess mm-hmm. there are comments on YouTube and, you know, interactions on Twitter and stuff like that. But when you guys, like, come up to us in the park and you say, hey, thank you, it, it means a lot, a lot to me. It, so never be too shy to stop and say hello. But I will tell you, the video that I thought would take us, like, an hour and a half to do took us, like, five hours. Because it was just, like, I always want to talk to everybody that comes up, too. So I'm guilty of, like, being like, hey. And they'll try and say hi and run away. And I'll be like, No. Come back to me. So that's just who I am. It's always cool that it's like when someone's like, oh, I'm from New Zealand or I'm from Ohio. Not not New Zealand. Well, wherever, all these different places, it's cool. Yeah, no, it really is. And uh, we never give shout outs to anyone uh, just because that would end this. I mean, we obviously do all the time so that's that's just a bold-faced lie up front we try not to do it when it's asked of us though because mm-hmm. otherwise then we'll get it all the time but i am going to give a shout out to one person in particular Brittany. we weren't able to meet her but we met her mother and uh Brittany is serving in the united states military so and oh, uh we, cool. we help keep them all connected to it so i figured that gets special special little yeah. shout out for that one there too but you're absolutely right we met so so many people it was overwhelming it was whelming it was just all of the emotions hmm. all at the same I, time i borderline think the five people in this room don't like me so when like it's like 50 <laughs> people come up and say hello and like we love you it, it really makes you feel 
pretty good. So yeah. I appreciate fine, that. Fine, fine. Well, I know. Julie is Take the only one. Hug. Julie gives me hug. hugs <laughs> every time I see her. I think still breaking that Charles wall though. I think all I think all four of them like you very much. But seriously though, it's not. This isn't just something we say because of fan service either. Like going into the parks. Every single person I've met, I have like a 100% record of every person I've met being like really positive and really cool and just yeah. having like a mm-hmm. great interaction. So it's not only that, you know, like I, I mentioned before, you know, I laid brick for, you know, 10, 15 years and nobody ever came up and said like, hey, that wall you built really protects me from storms. That's that's amazing. I really appreciate it. Keep up. Keep building those walls, man. You're that um, guy who built the wall yeah. on fifth and third. Yeah. <laughs> most um, most people do not get the benefit of having people explain that they have an impact or that they value or anything. So we ne- never take that for granted. Like just, just saying something as simple as like, hey, like your videos or something yeah. that that is a big deal, and we don't take that for granted. We're really blessed to have it. And the other housekeeping note is that I personally would like to celebrate Steve Porter's birthday. Yes. Oh. I was going to get want, there. I don't want Steve to celebrate it. I personally am making this about me. Yeah, we, we, had a, we scheduled a party we didn't invite you to. Don't Steve's birthday. That happens. That happens. Uh, so, yeah, no, that was Charles, you put it very, very eloquently. So thank you for that. So, <laughs> anyone else have anything now? No? Okay, well, uh, yeah. No, it deserved that, that face. I mean, it didn't play well for the audio crowd out there, but for the videos, you guys got it completely. So, I do want to take just a couple seconds here to talk to Michaela, since it's her very first show with us. So, uh, you know, obviously... I think I said you're Steve better half, and that is true. <laughs> I am, it's true. But yep. besides that, Steve doesn't talk about you a lot on the shows and oh. stuff. So, I th- listen, well, he does from well, time to time, but he doesn't like give her zodiac <laughs> sign. He doesn't do all that. So, yeah. I, I want I want to give people a chance to get to know you right up front before they decide that they hate you <laughs> because that's what happens to anyone who comes on for the yeah. first time right. um they just hate all of us so i kill magic <laughs> so michaela can you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, well i'm a dreams agent so that's fun uh i don't know i'm steve's wife we go to disney and that's about it don't define yourself by steve yeah, oh, well. yeah. you are where are you from person. I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. Obviously, I live here now. Yeah, but Salt Lake's the best. Woo-hoo. That's uh, awesome. I've so. seen it from the air. It's really, it's pretty from the <laughs> air. It's really pretty. Yeah. You've it's, worked at Disney before, yeah? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Steve and I met during the college program, so I was a cast member in 2013, and now I'm an agent. Yeah. So, what's your favorite thing about Disney? Uh, put me on the spot. Um, oh, I know your favorite thing. Okay, what is it? It's the merch. That's true. It is the merch. He's right. There you go. So, I have a shopping problem. So why should people choose you as a Dreams Unlimited travel agent? Jeez Louise, who knew this? I'm, was I'm doing the hard questions yeah. today. I'm so mad this isn't me. Hot, seriously. <laughs> We've got the Edward R. Murrow of the you Disney Plus. You know what? All the agents today. are great. Work with me. Work with who you want. We're all great. There you go. See, that is very yep. diplomatic of you. I That's try. excellent. No, <laughs> thank you for joining us. And I did. Yeah. Someone just pointed out too. Yes, you were in Disneyland videos back in the past but uh if you don't watch our vlogs and you only pay attention to this show then this is probably your first time seeing michaela so here she is use her as an agent Ta-da! if you're watching you'll see her email address in her lower third when it does pop up it is michaela not michaela michaela here it is one more time if you're watching m-a-k-a-y-l-a at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com for all you audio people it's phonetic yeah, it's spelled the normal way. Yeah. The right way. Everybody I, thinks their name is the normal way. <laughs> well, I'm constantly Stefan, so that happens. I don't know so why. What, what There's no A in the end, but... Nobody ever spells it right without, with that silent P at the beginning. Stefan Porter. <laughs> Porter. <laughs> ah, Excellent. <laughs> well, we'll talk about names later on in the show <laughs> and uh, the right spellings for them and all that stuff. But we are going to go ahead and kick it off with the news. And I've asked Steve to read the news today. Oh, no. What? Joke. <laughs> no. Uh, that would have been fun, though. No, I'm going to go ahead and do triple duty hosting, reading news, and bringing the jokes. Triple <laughs> Triple threat, Craig. If only I could brought my tap shoes on, then it would be a quadruple threat. (laughs) 
But okay, so our first news story is that Disney has now shared new details of Oga's Cantina coming to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And so uh, it's not a lot of details. Don't get overly excited. But we already did know that it will be coming to Disneyland as well as Disney's Hollywood Studios, of course, right in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That would make the most sense to me. But it will welcome pilots, bounty hunters, smugglers, locals, and galactic travelers alike and serve the best best drinks in the galaxy so the expanded explanation about it is visitors come to this notorious local watering hole to unwind conduct shady business and maybe even encounter a friend or a foe bum, bum. run by an intriguing alien proprietor ogagara the cantina adheres to a strict code of conduct that tries to keep its unruly patrons in check was that B. Oh. Arthur's character in the Christmas special? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> I'd have to go back and watch it. But, I mean, regardless, that's not canon anymore, yeah. okay. so it doesn't matter. Oh, true. So, uh, with a history of being a smuggler's safe haven and a popular stopping point for those seeking to avoid the authorities, you can bet that the cantina has a story or two to tell. So, uh, yeah, we already knew a little bit about the cantina, like the fact that it exists. But now we have the backstory. We found out at the D23 Expo that uh, Captain Rex from the original Star Tours would be the DJ inside the cantina. So we're going to be listening to awesome music in there. And uh, the big uh, buzz, mostly for Disneyland, not for us, was that uh, the cantina will serve drinks with, uh, I believe... They said exotic ingredients using otherworldly methods Adult and served in unique vessels and uh, with choices for kids and libations for adults. The cantina will make for a great stop. So obviously in Hollywood Studios, Epcot and Animal Kingdom, the thought of drinking at all is an afterthought because it's just ever present mm-hmm. in all mm-hmm. of these parks. Uh, but, <clears throat> and so we, we knew that it wouldn't be an issue for star Wars galaxy's edge that yes, there would be alcohol served in there, but uh, that was kind of the question for the longest time with Disneyland. If you watch our Disneyland edition podcast, which comes out every Monday, uh, we've been talking about this, this rumor for a while because it was a rumor up until them actually saying it. And, uh, and the Orange County Register did get confirmation from Disney mm-hmm. that they will, in fact, serve alcohol there. But, um, yeah, so it's we've been talking about it building up. And so that is the hot news out there that it served because, of course, Disneyland, like Magic, well, like Magic Kingdom was, uh, is a dry park. Disneyland, besides Club 33, is completely dry, except, you know, when you're sneaking in your booze inside a hydro flask or... <laughs> Why are you looking or, directly I mean, at me when you say it? <laughs> I wasn't looking directly at you. If Corey was here, I'd be looking directly at him. Not that we ever did that in the past before. Because no, we wouldn't do never. that. It's called being responsible mm-hmm. adults. And I, you know, but it, that's we're not here to discuss. Uh, Julie's drinking her vodka right now. Look. <laughs> <laughs> you caught her at the perfect moment there. I don't like vodka. <laughs> this is rum. <laughs> smell it from across the room (laughs) this show is brought to you by bacardi white (laughs) but yeah so this um, is limon (laughs) but yeah so disneyland is introducing for the general public their first alcohol that will only be available inside the cantina and uh that's that's big news for Mm. it so they're taking kind of a a page out of Walt Disney World's book with Magic Kingdom, how we introduced wine and beer to to be our guest to help fit with the theme and the experience of eating in a in a in a French restaurant, and so then it's obviously so, expanded to every restaurant mm-hmm. since that's a sit down. But so Steve? well, I think with ours it's been a little bit more gradual because it's only at those sit down locations where if the, the cantina you don't, do you need are we going to need reservations for that or can you just walk right in? Because if you can walk right in, then I don't. I feel like that's way more of a jump than having a beer or wine at a sit-down restaurant. I, I than having a full-on bar. I bet you're not going to be able to leave with it. Though. I was thinking that. No, yeah, yeah they, they already said you okay. won't. You won't be able to leave with it. Yeah. So obviously, if you could, then you could just go anywhere with the park holding it, and that's yeah. that's not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But um, it's you know we talk a lot about. We haven't talked about it on the Disneyland show, so. Uh, 
we record that show tomorrow for release <laughs> next Monday. So I'm giving the, us the jump on this one. We're getting the exclusive talking about it from the Walt Disney World perspective. Mm-hmm. And, well, considering Rhino and I are the only people who have any input on that show, it's nice to get fresh voices on it. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think about this from the Disneyland perspective for, of it? From Hollywood Studios, I think it's going to – the way I have it in my head is Trader Sam's themed as Star Wars times like three or four. Mm-hmm. Like much larger, but the same immersive environment where there's special, let's say special vessels. So instead of a tiki mug, it'll probably be some sort of a Star Wars shaped thing. Um, Come but on, that's kind of how. Example. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I don't know. <laughs> there's already a full line of Star Wars tiki mugs, so oh. they could go that route. But I don't. No, I don't. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be character characters or stuff like that. I think it'll be themed within universe. I don't think they can yeah. be self referential while they're in that land. But I think it's probably going to look a lot like the terrible mugs they have over at um, Hangar Bar, which that would be upsetting because their mugs are really cheaply made. They not, really only have the one. Great. The one that's like the ceramic one. The rest are like plastic bottles or something yeah. like that. Well, it's. But yeah, are you I, saying I, that Disney is not known for creating plastic souvenirs <laughs> that people love buying yeah, in I droves? So. I don't think so. Okay, well, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, Steve, did you I, have more well, to say I just about that? Can't imagine how long the lines are going to. I mean, Galaxy's Edge is, you know, as the entire area of the park is going to be massive lines. But I feel like this, depending on how much it can seat, is mm-hmm. just going to be. I can't imagine how long it's going to. You're you're gonna have to wait just to get a drink here. Someplace I'll never go, so don't have to worry. (laughs) I definitely it's it's going to be handled. I think a lot. They're gonna take a page out of like Lamplight Lounge out in Disneyland's book with it. It's primarily a lounge with some food that's a bigger portion, but also does have a lot of appetizers sharing, known for its cocktails and stuff. I think that's how this is gonna be handled. And they're like they do have walk up seating, but. You're say you not like if you don't want to wait, you get a reservation for it. So mm. I'm assuming that they're going to take that same method with it. I I it, it cannot wait for this. It's just one of the main things I'm excited about in Galaxy's Edge. Obviously, the attractions are going to be immersive, detailed. But for me, it's always like I, I love the food and beverage options when they come around. So this is definitely something that's on my list. I'm glad that we get alcohol and all that i'm on the disneyland side of things where i don't think they should be serving alcohol in there and Mm -hmm. it should have been altered for out there but that's just my stance on it yeah i when it comes to you know like the long lines and crowds sometimes it's more acceptable than others obviously the attractions are going to have long lines but the thing i like about this it it, hopefully if it's done right but i i'm actually pretty confident that they'll make this pretty pretty wicked looking um is that you know it's supposed to be a cd smugglers den kind of thing it's supposed to be like a a crowded bustle bustling but underhanded little outpost city center cantina kind of thing so that can kind of go in along with the the crowds and people moving back and forth you know it's not like they're not setting the stage for like an uh an austere or like not it's not going to be like a romantic dining environment kind of thing (laughs) where like a table like separate it's like a busy seedy kind of place Mm -hmm. so i think the crowds might not detract as much that's a good from other places as they do if if it's if it's themed right and everything but um you know as far as the the disneyland park thing i'm kind of on board with that too is there's a lot of pride and tradition from people i know based on the fact that they don't that's the one place um and you know now that's not going to be the one place anymore that's every every place has fallen by the wayside for us it doesn't really matter as much you know but i do understand that you know just just let them have that you know i I also i don't know if this is a little off track but in the concept artwork they always for star wars galaxy's edge have like the star wars characters Mm mm-hmm do we think that they're actually going to be does anyone like think that we're actually going to be able to interact with like Jawas running around like how Launch Bay has like I don't know. Well, I yeah, just, we're going to be the characters. We're we, uh, we're dressing you up. <laughs> well, yeah, we are playing our part in the story, but mm-hmm. I mean if yeah, if they're saying that it's going to have the level of immersion that it does with uh, all these different storylines happening in there, then clearly there'd also have to be characters. And it's, I don't know if we can expect, like in the concept art, they have the one very alienish looking man standing there like i don't know if they're going to be able to pull off that but i have no doubt that there's going to be stormtroopers walking around in there and like you said with jawas things like that so i think they'll go for 
basic characters, maybe ones that can't interact with you directly and talk, but still set the, the scene and the See, atmosphere. Right. I'm, I'm going to go every day dressed as Sunny Eclipse. <laughs> if they were smart they would put a nod in into there for sunny eclipse i, I want to see a dj battle between rex and sunny eclipse that's maybe I'll, I'll write the fan fiction later yeah no I'm, i cannot wait for that so we'll be looking out for that so gonna move on to the second news story and the last of the news stories in that and that is that disney cruise line may be expanding its presence in miami so welcome to miami sorry I'm an evil. I'm <laughs> thank you steve <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going there. I, I threw in the Miami at least. I had half of it. So uh, with three new ships coming in 2021, 2022, 2023, uh, Disney's obviously going to see where they're going to expand around a lot. And apparently they're looking to do so in Miami, um, working with the port to add a new terminal that's going to be capable 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 of accommodating larger ships so currently the disney magic does sail from port miami several months of the year but a new terminal on the south side of the port would allow for ships with up to 3500 passengers to use the port as well so according to the agenda for an upcoming board meeting of the miami-dade county commissioners disney's looking to use port miami as a home base for two of its larger ships starting in january 2023 and january 2024 Miami-Dade County would be collaborating with Disney on a memorandum of understanding for the new terminal. So uh, Disney does have an agreement in place that guarantees them berthing rights at Terminal F since 2012, but that agreement expires at the end of September, and the Disney Magic is scheduled to return to Port Miami in December. So the Miami-Dade County mayor says of the potential new expansion, investing in Port Miami's infrastructure positions Miami is a global destination for visitors. We couldn't be more excited to work with Disney on expanding growth opportunities in Miami-Dade County. And uh, it's too early to say which ships might end up there, but it could be happening. So what does everyone think about this so i know and i we have multiple perspectives i think we could bring but a lot of ours is just from a local standpoint but as a local i hate any time i have to drive down to fort lauderdale or miami for a cruise it's there's there's something interesting about that right um with this info remember that our orlando international airport is building two new terminals and one of those terminals is set up for a bright line passenger rail system that goes directly into the airport, yeah. right? So conceivably, you would be able to fly in Orlando, get on the bright line passenger rail thing, take a train straight from the Orlando airport to Miami, where you could then get on your ship. Why so wouldn't you one- fly into Miami then? Doesn't don't they have an airport? Because Miami <laughs> has an airport. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Rhino. My point. My point. No. Given who we are, is the park connection there? Yeah. Is that if somebody is traveling to go to a Disney Cruise and they also want to hit the Orlando stuff, yeah. um, or even for us locals, mm-hmm. yeah, we talk about how terrible it is to drive to that area. That we would we would have stops on the way. We would be able to take a rail system straight to Miami and cut all of that out there and that if i remember correctly i think we still have a couple years till uh the rail system and the new airport terminal are going to be done but it's what uh what did you say i think 2023 and 24 so uh, yeah 2023 and 2024 so this would all happen around a similar time whereas if if a couple of these different unique infrastructure changes come in uh our airport gets the rail system orlando has that bypass to go to miami miami has the new port stuff that's going to really change travel and tourism in this area as far as the interconnectivity between disney cruise line and walt disney world so you're saying there will be even more construction from orlando airport (laughs) through miami for even past the highway no i'm actually not um the construction for the bright line is currently going on right now and it hasn't greatly affected anything because it's a rail system. Um, there's not a lot of major road construction that has to go into it, like our I-4 stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the Brightline rail is already laid. Most of the major changes are going to happen, obviously, at the port if they're if they're um, making these changes there, but also in Orlando International Airport's terminal. I mean, I'm glad they're building an, a railroad system because the... They were supposed to build something from uh, here to Miami like 10 years ago Mm -hmm. when I first moved here. It was supposed to be like a bullet train or something. And I remember that was like a huge deal. And then they're like, oops, 
we're not doing it. They, they talked about it for like forever, and then I don't know if that was right around the housing market was not still not doing great, and it just kind of affected all that. Do we, but, do we do we think that them basing these ships in Miami is to get more of the Miami market, or is it to have different itineraries? Like, what's the point of not just? No, how- I think the they only have one ship there part of the year, so it just gives even more options for people. And there are people who, yes, it's nice to go out of Port Canaveral, but there are people who have done Disney World a million times and they just want to get on the cruise. So this gives them another option mm-hmm. besides just the Port Canaveral, Bahamas cruise, and Caribbean cruises. And you're flying directly into the city. You're going yeah. to you know go yeah. out of you, because yeah, if you, you don't have, have to fly drive Orlando an hour to Port Canaveral. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so convenient to go out of Miami. And if you've done Port Canaveral a million times, you want something different, I think yeah. it's great. I think it would be really neat to see. I've mm-hmm. never been to the Port of Miami, so I think that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. My problem with Miami is, you know, even though we all know that I enjoy a good adult libation from time to time, Miami is not the place for me no, at all. No. It is just, it's <laughs> not my pace at mm-hmm. all. It's, uh, it's. I don't think it's any of ours, actually, Yeah. to be honest. It's, it's not yeah, mine. We've been, we have been one time in the whole time that we have lived here. We've lived here for almost 20 years. Yeah, I mean, Miami, <laughs> I you're talking care. about like nightclubs in Miami don't close yeah. till six in the morning right. and stuff like that. Oh it's, a, it's it, They're like 24 hours there. It's not It's not like it is here. Yeah, yeah It's and it's, it's just intense. There's yeah. a lot of... There's a lot of people dressed like Charles all the time, and I don't even understand that because it's another 10 degrees warmer that far south, so it makes even less sense, but I, I just don't care for Miami. That's any time, not that I get asked a lot, like, would you go out of Miami? I would pretty much say no. I'd say if you're going to do something, do Fort Lauderdale because at least that's all great communities with people who are more my age yeah because i wouldn't do like 60 70 right because i wouldn't do like a (laughs) pre-stay there you know yeah no i'd just go straight there yeah we Mm -hmm. the one time i was there with Corey and sean and i think Mm -hmm. tracy we were there for the night before and it was like even even we struggled with finding stuff to do i think we just sat sat and ate sushi well the thing thing about miami too is it's a very it's it's a mixed bag kind of a city because it, the areas that are really nice are very, very nice. And then the areas that are not very nice are very not nice. So it's like it's sometimes I feel like in Orlando you can – we've got like a medium in different places, you know, where you'd be like, it's not the best area of town, but it's not the worst. In Miami, it's like either super nice or super like you shouldn't have come over here sort of a thing. So it, it kind of has that like – I, I would be a little more concerned, I guess, in in where I'm go where I'm staying at night if I'm doing an overnight stay or what part of the city I'm in and stuff like that. Exactly I, how you should plan if you were to go to New Orleans. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I I think Charles might have hit the nail on the head too, though, with the with the new yeah. system yeah. going down there. That makes yeah, really that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Like mm-hmm. I would be willing to go out to of do Miami. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's like, and I'm not even talking about just the drive aspect of Miami, but it really is. Any, I don't even like driving down well, there. It's long. It's flat. There's well, nothing to see. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about the rail system, Charles? Do you know a lot about it? Um, I, I know a decent bit. It, so is it going to be like a regular – like where I'm from in Massachusetts, we have the T, and it takes you from like where I would be in Plymouth. It will take me to a hub in South Station in Boston, mm-hmm. and then you know, then you do the subway in there. And like the T is longer stops in between bigger cities or whatever, but is it supposed to be like that? Or is it like w- – you get on in Orlando and it stops in Miami. No, no, it's um, it does have stops along the way. In fact, I think uh, they've already done test runs in certain places, and part of it is still running. So think about it's a commuter rail. Um, okay, but the, like basically the way it works is there w- there are stops at different cities along the way. But Florida doesn't have a great mass transit system, so it's not like you're hopping off and getting on the subway. Basically, you'd hop off and get an Uber, take a rental car for a lot of those stops, but. Um, it's going to run from Miami all the way to Orlando. And then the new um, intermodal rail facility, that uh, the, the two new terminals that are going in, in uh, Orlando International Airport, they're going to have that Brightline passenger system, hmm. which may extend to Tampa itself. Then they're also going to have the current um, SunRail system. They're going to have something, and they might have a third rail system that is more local. So let's say like going out and going to Kissimmee and everything. Now, this is awesome because we all know how terrible Florida traffic is, how hard <laughs> it is to commute yeah. anywhere. Yeah. I mean, like we live in Orlando and places like visiting Miami and Tampa, I mean, we still do it occasionally, but especially when you're going south. Well, um, so those are all the, the traffic. 
those places you're talking about, they're all going to connect to that main. They would all be connected to Orlando International Airport. And the reason this is like important, hmm. the new facilities are also going to have um, obviously their new terminals, so they'll have places for flights to take off too. So it's not like we're going to get more tourism in than we can handle. But people will be able to fly into Orlando, hit up Universal and Walt Disney World, do their theme park thing, and then go to the other places like Tampa, like Miami, the other places they want to visit. So it will really. In my opinion, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping this happens, but it seems like it's really going to put us a couple notches above because we're going to be the only major city to have this system. I was just going to say it's really interesting that now we're combining two forms of mass transit together. Then mm-hmm. because I can't think of another hub that I mean, like even when you go into Logan and Boston, you still have to kind of take. There is one train, but you take that train to get to South Station. You know what I mean? So it seems like they're combining a two hub thing into into the airport, which is pretty intriguing like but with everything that happens in florida we have big dreams sometimes that don't always come true (laughs) but this does sound amazing i would take a train every day if i could get out of traffic i love when i was in seattle and got to use their system it was just the easiest thing hop on hop off hop off and just it's so convenient and that's one of those things that we, we don't have when we're talking to people about how to how to travel around the parks or around the greater Orlando area mm-hmm. is it becomes this whole thing about running cars and what do you do here? What do you do there? What if you want to visit two cities? Um, how much extra money is that? And other states obviously don't have tons of resorts like we do, um, uh, theme park resorts or anything, but they're used to having some feasible public transportation system and you get here and our infrastructure is just terrible. Everybody's constantly angry and infuriated and traffic is awful, which is weird with the, our tourism numbers. So this hopefully will change that. And I think around, you know, 2023, 2024, 2025, but Orlando, Miami, Tampa, that's all going to be a drastically different infrastructure for people's travel to the parks. in. so uh, it's all off topic, but the Miami connection, I think, relates a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I also I saw someone pointed out in chat. Uh, apparently, I don't think about it because anytime we're talking about traveling, mm-hmm. I solely am thinking through Orlando. Everything yeah. has to be out of here. I won't even. I will not consider driving to Tampa, even if that could get me a cheaper flight. And no. Not not even up to Sanford. Like that's just out of the question <laughs> yeah. for me. It has to be. It has to be Orlando. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a good point. But we ha- do have people in here that are international, and they're saying that you can actually get better flights to Miami. So yeah. that also oh, good for them. Yeah. That's where that'll yeah. work out. So for cruising, that yeah. audio that automatically makes it cheaper for them to cruise out of there that's and still have more choices with Disney. And then if once the rail system makes it all the way, because I believe it is, it's there's part of it already completed to like West Palm. Yeah, and then once it's all the way up here, mm-hmm. then that. That's the new port to get to Orlando, mm-hmm. or the new hub, let's say. So, okay, well, I didn't think we were going to talk about that that long, but <laughs> thanks, Charles. So, we are going to move on to uh, talking about the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival just briefly, um, just because we already have what I would like to call the definitive vlog of our experience. <laughs> and when I say that, I mean the Dizzes in. Uh, definitive vlog on it and that's already up at youtube.com slash disunplugged right where you're watching this video from and uh, or if you're listening now you know where it's at and uh, you can experience the day with us rhino myself charles and steve at epcot going around and trying some of the food and stuff but i just wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about the highlights of the event so it's back obviously for the 23rd year in a row Um, and you know a lot of the food items have been there every single year for the 23 years i think i don't know i'm not (laughs) sure um they used to have the founded thing on the booths remember do yeah. they not have that anymore i mean they did on some i think oh, okay i'll be honest i didn't look closely at that but yeah, yeah no they 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 did have that but i think then that got like confusing when they got rid of a booth and then brought it back in a different after yeah, taking true. years off so yeah. it's like well has it really been along all that regardless doesn't matter uh it's happening right now it's running through november 12th and of course there's what i think there's 42 kiosks all wow. around wow. epcot with it, I could be way over-inflating that. I'm just I asked a, I asked a cast member when I was there the second day, and they couldn't give me the answer. They said, at least over 32. Yeah, here's the <laughs> thing. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't want to count. 
<laughs> I'm sure it's written somewhere, but uh, in the information that I have pulled up right in front of me, it's not written out there. So uh, I'm not wasting my time counting. Someone's going to say in chat how it, long it is. and They would have made it a big round number if they wanted people to remember yeah. it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and, of course, it's made up of, like I said, all those kiosks uh, with food, alcohol, all those uh, just in the little tasty sampler portions, pricing anywhere from like three and a quarter all the way up to how much was that lobster? That's oh, like one eight, of the most expensive things. Or yeah, for the food. Like yeah, or yeah. it might have been $8, actually. Yeah, and then uh, for alcohol, it can just run the gamut. A lot of the wine samples are right mm-hmm. in that $3 range. And then you can have the standalone drinks that are still overly tiny for like $10. Uh, yeah, don't even get I'll, I'll get to that. We. <laughs> I want to hear you kill the magic over this mojito. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know about the mojito. Oh, yeah. So uh, we'll get there, though. And, yeah, that's that's the basis of it. If you haven't heard of it yet, I don't know. Like, I, I get it. There's a lot of first-timers out there. But I feel like when it comes to Walt Disney World, there are things that everyone has heard about at some point. And considering festivals at Epcot now take up 90% of the year, mm-hmm. I feel like you've had to have some idea of what these things are but food and wine is the biggest it's the baddest it's the one that started it all and along with it comes the eat to the beat concert series where i make rhino who was the artist i got jim belushi that's right jim belushi and his band are coming this year not the blues brothers one but um he's not with dan Aykroyd, but the jim belushi band oh my i don't i don't know what to do with that information it's soon i think it's like it's one of the first ones too it's in in the first round of groups of people that come so i'll be be honest i've never been so excited for a band coming <laughs> to and not since like back when davy jones was still alive and he would uh, yeah, show up so uh, those were good times but yeah jim belushi i'm all about that of course hansen makes their yearly performance really? at this I now took you for a 98 degrees man i'm not but they are going to be here this year yeah, so you know it's i think that's a big i i think that's kind of a big deal because it's a full like you know we get a lot of people like hansen's three yeah. people whatever you know but it's a lot of a like lot of single person performers yeah and you're like Nick Lachey is going to be here with them. And the other guys that I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, of the three main 90s boy band groups, that mid to late 90s, that is, not counting new kids on the Mm -hmm. block, they were the third biggest. I mean, they're going to be singing the Mulan song, too, because they sang the song on the soundtrack over the credits. mm, Is it Mulan? Now that I'm saying it. Uh, Yeah. Uh, hold on, I'll get back to you. I can't help you on that. But yeah, lots of great musical <laughs> acts. Uh, you know, obviously, there's extra bonus add-ons. There's food cooking demonstration, uh, wine tasting, uh, pairings, and and all all types of way for yeah. you to just throw your money down the drain <laughs> along with merchandise. Lots of fun merchandise. Featuring true to your heart. Okay. True to your heart. Okay. You must be true to your heart. I yeah. thought it was from her... Um, the man who swings from trees for a second. Tarzan. (laughs) 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 That was all uh, Phil Collins. (laughs) But NSYNC did sing uh, Thrash in the Camp. I thought there was a cover. Yeah, NSYNC did Thrash in the Camp. Anyway, go on with what you're saying. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm done with that. So (laughs) I want to hear about from the people who were there. Sorry, Jolie. Sorry, Michaela. You'll go eventually. Maybe. Uh, And... I want to hear about what the highlights were for you or what were the low points, just your overall opinion. Uh, I know we have like one photo, each of our favorite or one favorite item that we did have. So there's that. But sure. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, My favorite dish was at the Germany Global Marketplace kiosk. uh, And I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's the Schinken Nudum. And it's essentially just like fancy mac and cheese cut into a square. Of course, so of course he likes it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even uh, your wife just judged you. It, it's all right. Uh, and it's just pasta with cheese and ham and onions. And it's delicious. It's really, really good. Uh, it's four twenty five, so it's pretty affordable. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, there Is was it a long line, on though. Top? Yeah, it is like a little. Yeah, it's like the, almost like it's, it's baked or something. It is. On top. It's t- totally baked. But I was fine with it. But macaroni and cheese usually is baked. Did you know that? If it's done well. Yeah. If it's not stovetop. It. <laughs> this was done well. And it was really good. Yeah. And are we going to do highlights first for everyone? And then, or should I go right to my lowlights? Uh, we'll go with the highlights first. We'll keep okay. it positive before we tear it down. I just had a, re- I had a really negative one. That's all. That's why. Okay. Well. You have a negative highlight? 
Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my highest low light. Well, let's hear about your highlight, Rhino. My highlight is um, I really enjoyed. I, honestly, okay, I'm just before I say a specific item. I this year. I've gone two days now, and I have not disliked a single thing that I chose this year. And I have tried to make an effort um, to try things that I haven't had before. I did try the Spam Hash in Hawaii because I, I do really enjoy that. Um, and uh, But I honestly, like every single thing I've tried this year, I have really enjoyed with the exception of one thing. However, one area that kind of stood out to me was this in the Light Lab. They had um, that area overall has got some cool additions to it. Like there's a drink you can get that comes in like a beaker or... I don't think that's the it's right word. It's an Erlenmeyer flask. Thank you oh, for all the YouTube commenters there out go. there on that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I said they would help us, and they did. They sure did. <laughs> Aggressively, I'm sure. Um, but, <laughs> um, but no, there's, so there's a drink in there that's really good. Like, they switched up their menu in there, but out right outside of the Light Lab, but still part of the Light Lab in the diaper hallway, is um, <laughs> yes. the they have f- different flights that you can try this year. And there's a cider flight, and then there is this RGB red you know, red, green, blue, um, beer flight. And, um, they have one of the beers was like exclusively brewed for the festival. I don't know if all three of them were, but I know the yes, all M- three were. Okay. Cause I knew the MIA one definitely was, but there was a standout here and I cannot remember the exact name of it, but it's a red cherry tart. It's like, um, is it Playa Linda makes I this one? I want to say it was the Playa Linda. Yes. Yeah, I think it was Playa Linda because there was, there was the, the green one we had was not amazing. The kiwi. Um, but, this one specifically, like I am, I went back and I had another. Um, you know, they don't do full size pours at the festival. They're like about uh, I don't know eight ounces. I want to say less than that, maybe. But sounds right. Um, they're about four dollars or four twenty five, somewhere around there. Um, but you can do the 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 trio of shots. The RGB flights nine dollars, and I thought for nine bucks, like I actually I thought it was pretty worth it to try those three those three beers um it's just the red cherry tart one for me stood out mm-hmm. so if the kiwi and the blueberry one don't sound appealing to you i would definitely recommend checking this one out because um it is uh, like a sour beer side of things but not like overly sour and not overly tart on like the super hot humid day this thing was like just right for me but i like fruity fruity beers so fair enough charles um <clears throat> Yeah, as far as food food highlights are concerned, uh, I guess my favorite would be the venison sausage over in New Zealand. Um, I want to say it was between five and six bucks. I don't remember exactly. Everything runs pretty similar prices. But, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have anything that I didn't like, anything that I thought was terrible or anything like that. It's kind of on a range for me, so... Yeah, I mean the venison was a, a decent choice, but I didn't. Ha- I also didn't have anything personally that like super surprised me, or I couldn't live without. It's just fun to eat around and try. What animal things. is venison? Huh? The deer. deer. I, I thought it was deer. I just wasn't one hundred percent sure. It just looks very goopy in this picture. Yes. Gloppy. Mm. What's the word we chose in the vlog? I can't remember. Gloppy. I think we chose the moist. Yeah. We chose in the vlog. Moist. We, sh- we sure did. We chose the word moist. You like that, right? I would have edited that word right out. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> Well, my highlight was the Guinness Bailey's Shake for oh. sure. This was served in Ireland, and uh, don't don't if you're watching this, don't let that photo uh, try to make you think that this is this big nice drink. It's <laughs> ten fifty, and it's maybe a maybe six ounces. I would say. Do you need to keep uh, that little glass? You do though. It, <laughs> it is exactly plastic. That's all I want. Hey, a souvenir. Oh, no, that that will be my juice glass now for the next. Uh, <laughs> the next uh, long while so before i usually only drank juice out of the uh, chewy's margarita cups oh, that yeah. they give you on uh, cinco, on de, cinco mayo. de mayo yeah. uh, it's been our tradition now for rhino myself and kylie to go there and yeah. see how many cups we can collect it's they're, they're tiny like just but, uh, just use the same cup but they keep bringing them so yeah. <laughs> so i needless to say over the past couple of years now i think we have like maybe 10 or 11 of those cups but uh yeah i like small little cups like that so, so it's I. and it's not even just for the cup i would have bought that for like two or three bucks just on its own but the fact is it's it's guinness and bailey's mixed together so it's two delicious things in my world uh i know not everyone cares for guinness they have a stigma about dark beers being stronger Mm -hmm. and more alcohol heavy or just disgusting which is actually a urban myth yes dark stouts and things like that have slightly less alcohol than average and a lot of times it 
tastes like chocolate and mm-hmm. it has that flavor notes with a lot of coffee. So if you're kind of a fan of that, yeah, might be a fan of it. Try it. If you're in Ireland, try it. I had a lot of it at the Dublin airport. I wasn't driving. I didn't fly either. (laughs) (laughs) The pilot was doing that. But uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's a cool little drink. It it tastes really good. It's supposed to be frozen, like in a in a milkshake form. Uh, Mine wasn't. It was the first day. I'll give them I'll give them a little leeway on that because they're still kicking out the glitches. But hey, that's Mm -hmm. life. Uh, It was still delicious, nonetheless. Just very expensive. Worth it for that plastic glass. It was definitely a highlight for me too, though. I will say that that was one of the other ones. And I felt like at the end, I was like, man, I chose a lot of liquid highlights, but it was. I for me, I think it was very strong on the Bailey's side of it. So it was very like I don't know. It was very refreshing. It didn't feel as heavy as it sounds. Almost, I guess. So low lights now. Let me tell you <laughs> about this drink. So, and I blame the listener who recommended it. I'm just kidding. I appreciate you saying it. But I went and I tried it, and they told me about this frozen um, mojito that they were like, oh, it's good. And I thought, oh, frozen mojito, that sounds refreshing. So, I, on that second day, I went around. I was with my friend. We had got, we started on the Canada side, coming around to Islands of the Caribbean, which is one, if you're just coming into the World Show um, Showcase, it's the first one on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it was 9.50 or something like that. And when the cast member handed it to me, I laughed because I thought it was a joke. Because it is in, if you think this Ireland cup is small, let me tell you, this glass was smaller than that. Are you going to show us? No, I don't have a photo because I didn't <laughs> know where to catch it on camera. It was too small. Right, yeah. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, I put a photo on Twitter because I tried to do a perspective of my hand next to it. Like, what I, is I, this? I was it one of their little wine glasses? It was glasses? a drink for ants. um it was in it was a little bit so you know the wine glasses for those who don't know that's a little smaller than a dixie cup it was probably dixie cup size so it was a little bit bigger than the wine glass but it also so it wasn't like it was like a mini solo cup like the ones that you serve like jello shots out of kind of i'm trying to i think it's a little bit bigger than Uh, that yeah it's we're like working right in between those two sizes on it this is (laughs) i'm telling you nine dollars yeah and so it no 950 or so 975 it was it was not a like i didn't couldn't keep the cup so the ireland one at least like you're rolled in with the idea that you're like oh well i got a cute little glass to go with it because i i I thought that too i was like okay i'm sure not everybody's going to appreciate that but yeah i i was just like um, and i'm not gonna lie i tried and people were like oh was it strong and i'm like no it tasted like i was eating mint leaves and it i could not taste rum or any alcohol in it at all you know those cups that people keep next to their sink so they yeah. can like yeah. that's, it's what, it's it the that's what it looks cup. like yeah. it's that size okay. yeah yeah it's i that's a strong role for me so getting the guinness bailey shake that was me overcoming it because i wanted to see how it tasted plus the glass uh that it came in but i learned very quickly when i was a cast member that getting the standalone mixed drinks are never worth it yeah uh the only one that ever was was back when they had the singapore booth and they had the singapore sling this thing was like straight gin it was disgusting in every way uh you were you could drink one Mm -hmm. and you had a buzz by the end of it and so we we would get that but that's because you know minimum wage well what else can you do this thing comes out of a grenada machine so it's already it's a pre-mix you know thing thing and it's just it was i'm it was almost like appalling it was like they hand it to you and they turn around because they don't want to look at you like (laughs) so i'm just saying like save your money and get something back save your money and go get the guinness bailey shake because that was good too but like yeah don't do do not spend your money on it so low lights for either one of Uh, you uh, I'll say I, I get the lobster roll every year. It's like kind of become my little tradition. And it seems like Disney will do a really great job, and then they'll kind of do a horrible job, and then they'll do a great job. It's almost like they get lots of complaints about how little lobster meat is in it. And so the next year they'll be like, okay, maybe we need to you know, have more and not just celery. Because one year it was like mostly a celery mix with tiny little pieces of lobster. And then the next year, they did a really good job. There's lots of meat. It was mostly meat. And then this year, it was like all lobster meat. There was no, not a lot of mix, but it was like they just sprinkled it on top of the bread in a very fine layer of lobster and then squirted some like dressing on top. It was horrible. Well, if you check last year's earnings report... They lost $12 million in lobster funds <laughs> yeah. um, by giving away too much. So, I mean, the company's got to stay afloat, Steve. I guess. But, uh, I well, my, my thing is, is if it's going to... 
if it's eight dollars, right? Yeah. I would rather pay nine dollars. I know that would make it by far the most expensive thing, but I'd rather pay the extra dollar to have a full lobster roll or whatever they need to do to justify having more lobster meat in there, or just get rid of it. Like, don't give me br- like breaded toast with a sprinkling of lobster for eight dollars. I don't know. Yeah, it was a hit, like a breath of lobster. That's what you got. <sighs> Hot lobster, lobster scented. Yeah, they, yeah. You, you know yeah. what they're going to do, Steve, is they're just going to make the roll smaller so it looks, looks more full. Perspective. Yeah. At least the ratio would be right, yeah. though. I, I would say my low light, and this is my complaint every year, but and it's not, not I'm not going with the it doesn't change route. It's There's so much at this event that is just way too dense mm-hmm. and for the weather that yes. is around during this event. So mm-hmm. like the item that Steve was discussing in Germany, I have had it before. I love it. However, I can't have it when it's 95 degrees out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the items are. So even even though it is the same items year after year, I do it once when it's way too hot and I feel disgusting. And I mm-hmm. remember that, that memory and then I can't go back and enjoy it again because all my thoughts go back to, yeah, I remember how I was dehydrated the entire day and I ate that one piece of cheesecake and after that I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> function for the next two days. Yeah. So they need to do a raw bar booth. I would. Love I was. <laughs> I I actually mentioned that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's I, my lowlights were going to be along the same lines of that, and one of the things about it is that. I honestly think food and wine is better for locals and for visitors. It's even worse because, like, I feel pressure. I'm going to be going to Epcot regardless. So, yo, hey, there's extra food here. There's not, like, a lot of extra theming or something. I don't feel like it's a festival when I'm walking through food and wine. I feel like there's there's extra dining options for, like, small plates. But, like, this idea that it's an experience that, you know, that might be different if you're doing one of the culinary classes or one of the tastings. You might get more of an experience. But if you're coming to Epcot for food and wine and it's like, here's the, the cuisine and, and wine and like this is going to be like a whole culinary experience. It, remember, it is really hot and you still want to go on attractions or walk around. And it's not it's never been fun to me to eat my way through food and wine. It has always been like, okay, well, I want to try this so I can speak and I want to do that. But what is fun for me is when I'm not officially covering food and wine and it's like, oh, where do you want to eat today? Let's try that kiosk. And it's very average. I don't treat it like an event. I just, you know, it it doesn't feel like a festival to me. It just feels like extra eating options. So it's fun, but I would never go to Epcot just for food and wine. Hmm. Well, there you go. So... That ends our discussion. Wait, now, no, I'm putting, nobody got the cutting board, right? Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Okay. No. Just wanted to I, listen, I have a life. I can't go to Epcot <laughs> four days in a row. I'm two days in. I'm two days in. So, uh, okay. So that ends it. Before we move on to rapid fire, I just want to talk to Julie just very briefly. She got to actually I'm, go. I'm a little tipsy. I don't know. Oh, man. All that, <laughs> all that white rum. Uh, you went to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party oh, with we Corey on, and the kids. On so. Friday we went, yeah. Um, we did not go, and we got there about 6.30. Mm-hmm. We don't like to go super early because of the heat, and it was a school day for us, too. So um, we went from school, home, and then we, went to, we had a little bit of a break, <laughs> and then we went and met Corey, and we were at Magic Kingdom. Um we do not dress up this early. It's too hot, for sure. Yeah. So we just put on our Halloween t-shirts. We dress comfortably. It did not rain on us this year. I was oh. so excited. I checked the weather. I'm like, is this right? <laughs> I, I still almost wanted to bring my rain jackets, and I didn't. So that was a brave step for me. So um, we go, and we try to do as many things as we can. But those things usually include only trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. parade, and riding as many attractions as we possibly can. Um and mainly because it's just too much to do in a short period of time. Like, there's no way you can do, in my opinion, we there's no way we could do everything. So we don't go see the stage show. Um, we kind of walk by the dance party, but we didn't make a stop. We were more concerned with attractions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a great time. Um, Love the parade. I, it's always one of my favorites. I storied most of our stuff. I did not take a lot of actual photos um, this time, so it was kind of nice to just sit back and enjoy it. Um, do you have questions? Like, <laughs> what was the kids' favorite part? Um, probably trick or treating. Yeah, I mean, they, but they do love attractions and parades. But I would say trick or treating, just because when we go trick or treating, 
it's kids similar because mm-hmm. our houses are further apart in our neighborhood, so we have to walk further or drive further to get to each spot. So it's not like you know house to house to house. So they don't mind the whole like having to find different places to go and and, and get their candy or whatever. But um, I think we rode um, Barnstormer. We did whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. rode Barnstormer. We did um, Small World. We did get to ride Big Thunder Mountain. It was a five minute wait. On wow. Big Thunder Mountain. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty good. And we went right before fireworks. Our kids really don't care. And yeah. to be honest, I don't either. I mean, they're fireworks. They're pretty and fun mm-hmm. to look at, but I don't get emotional. So we rode the ride. And so as we're coming back around towards the end of our journey through the wilderness, <laughs> fireworks start going off. So that that's was super cool. Oh, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. I've never, that's never happened to me mm-hmm. or to us. So that was really cool to see. Um and then we were like, oh, do you guys want to stop after the ride and watch the fireworks? And Bear was like, no, it's too loud. He doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah. So we just kept walking. But it was a short amount of time for us. I don't think we left until around 11 or 11.30. You stayed pretty long yeah. then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we didn't get there until 7 o'clock, though. Yeah. Um, or, you know, closer to 7. So um, we always have a good time. But yeah. it was hot. I will say that. Was it busy? Yes. Okay. Yes. What was the average wait times like for the big stuff? I know um, you just said Big Thunder oh no, Five, like, but like, like we walked by Peter Pan. It was a thirty-minute wait for Peter Pan. I'm like five minutes for Big Thunder Mountain and thirty minutes for Peter Pan. I'm like, you people have got your priorities messed up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just Peter Pan needs to be redone or shut down. Oh. It is horrible. It's too dark. You can't see anything. I'm sorry. It's over. <laughs> Redo it. Okay. Um, we should have Julie on the love it, hate it, or update it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then people will really fun. hate yeah. me. <laughs> In the best way possible. Though. Oh, please. They just can't even. It's, someone said it to me this week. The best thing about knowing you're hated is that means you finally have like you finally gotten there in life. Is that people pay attention to you so much? Oh please! That they, they can hate you, you and there's it, no kid. better warm feeling than that. <laughs> yeah. to be I do you're have hated. to say, it does bring me great joy to know that people don't like me. <laughs> me too. It is so it's because funny. You, it's because we don't care. I feel like I'm like we're we're sitting at a round table. I feel like I'm watching the the start of a supervillain league being created. It's <laughs> just like, yes, we will feed on the hate of of those around us. There's just so much in this world that I try to let it slide off my back. You know. So anyway. Um, Ferris and Finley love Halloween. I would say that Halloween is Ferris's absolute favorite holiday, maybe even over Christmas. Wow. Yes. And it's mostly because of the dressing up aspect, I think, and the candy, of course. But every day now, he wakes up and he asks me, Mommy, are we going to go trick-or-treating? <laughs> <laughs> the Halloween party was so fun. I'm like, I know, buddy. <laughs> it was too early. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I appreciate it. So we're going to move on to rapid fire, and I'm going to start with my rapid fire that's right i knew i was hosting but i had to pick one anyways and we're getting low on time so it's short but tomorrow if you're at walt disney world you can celebrate lightning mcqueen day (laughs) at disney's hollywood studios so because it's his racing number nine five ka-chow man it's uh it's going to be it's going to be lightning mcqueen day so that's another made-up holiday that i can (laughs) officially hate but i love lightning mcqueen so this is a real tough one for me but they're gonna have uh items such as the lightning mcqueen cake which is a peanut butter and chocolate cake with a red chocolate ganache topping so more cake disney just loves their cake and then of course the lightning mcqueen mousse of vanilla and chocolate swirl cookie topped with chocolate mousse covered in red chocolate ganache and jackie actually wrote ka-chow in the article (laughs) (laughs) of course (laughs) so yep that's happening tomorrow if you're here and if you're listening to this on thursday Look what you missed. No cupcake. <laughs> what? Well, it's it says cake. Lightning McQueen cake, so You'd I didn't see a picture a of it. I'm assuming there will be some sort of cupcake involved. <laughs> if there's not a cupcake at a Disney event, then there's people who will just riot. I was hoping they were going to do the Champions Cup from Cars Land that they did oh, for Pixar Fest, because that was so yeah, good. You're but hoping for way too much I there. Know. You're yeah. expecting too much. Yeah. That's your issue. If you're always pessimistic in life, you'll get so much further. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Steve. Uh, Reedy Creek files permit for Orange County Sheriff's Office at Disney Springs. Uh, Reedy Creek, the governing body that encompasses Walt, the Walt Disney World Resort, filed a permit related to interior build-out of the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Uh, the location is listed for the upcoming work in Town Center, Building 28, um, near the Lime Garage. Oh. Um, so, I mean, there's a long, a lot of details on this. Um, 
beginning the fiscal year, of, uh, which started October 2017, Reedy Creek increased its spending. So that's part of this. Uh, but long story short, I just think the reason I chose this story is because there is little security at Disney Springs. I think this is a really good move. I wish there was security at Disney Springs. Um, but at least this is a no, another step towards creating some sort of safety uh, or increased safe safety yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In, in Disney Springs. So I think this is really good news. Um, and so that's why yeah. I chose this story. I agree. No, I I think about it any like I hate to be that person and I know we've <laughs> talked about it before after tragedies tragedies. You can't just walk around day to day thinking about like, oh, should I leave the house because something yeah. could happen to me? But there have been times where I've seen movies at Disney or just anywhere in general, like especially when I saw the first purge. Mm-hmm. I was like, based on what this is about, like I kind of do worry that one day someone will just be like, I'm starting this right now and you're in there. So any extra sense of security, I think, especially mm-hmm. at Disney Springs is, is good. And the fact that it's a sheriff's office. Yes. Even better for yeah. me, in so, my opinion. Great news. Mm-hmm. But thank you, Steve. Welcome. Michaela. So Disney confirmed Storybook Dining at Artist Point with Snow White to begin this winter. I know it was rumored last week, but they've confirmed it now. So guests will be invited to wander into an enchanted forest-like setting that was inspired by Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Guests will be able to enjoy their meal along with visits from Snow White, Dopey, and Grumpy. Music and activities in the dining room will assist in bringing the timeless fairy tale to life. Guests will also have the opportunity to encounter the Queen. Uh, dinner will be a prefix menu, including shared starters, a choice of individual plated entrees, and sweet spells to top off the meal. Storybook dining at Artist Point with Snow White is slated to begin this winter. Disney stated that an opening date, including when advanced dining reservations can be booked, will be shared in the near future. Additionally, Disney will soon share with where <laughs> soon share where guests might be able to find the fan favorite menu items in the future. So it sounds like they are keeping some stuff from Artist Point. I I. I am on the rare side of things. Pete's not here, so I'll say it. I love Artist Point. <laughs> I've never had a single bad meal there. I've had some of my best meals on property there, actually. I love Buffalo, and so they always have a Buffalo item on the menu. Uh, their salmon that they do, the cedar plank salmon, is some of the best fish you can actually get in Orlando. It is delicious. It's very overpriced. It's Disney. So as long as they still have the food items for me, I'm okay with so that. It looks but like they will. What were the characters? So it's Snow White. So it's Snow White, Dopey, and Grumpy, and then it says an encounter yeah. with the queen. So I'm, I'm thinking that, that means she's roaming around and you don't get photos. She yeah. might be like, eat your dinner. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta use the restroom. What's that in the stall next? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I am a little bummed that it's just the two dwarfs. I know, I mean, yeah, seven I would that's... be a lot, but if it was the picture before and then Snow White and the queen were wandering around taking pictures... But, I mean, you can still meet the dwarves at the party, but they're so popular. Well, yeah. they yeah. So I feel like it would have been a good spot. It's a but. missed opportunity because mm-hmm. from Festival of Fantasy, they have the one with Dopey and um, I can't remember the other character that's stacked. That yeah. could have been two right there in there one. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But it's an oversight. Everybody thinks Dopey and Grumpy are the best dwarves, and they're not. Yeah, they should randomly use dwarves. (laughs) They should, like, randomly put them in so that you have to keep going back if you want the full set of seven. And then start adding Lord of the Rings dwarves in there, too, like like (laughs) Thorin Oakenshield today. Like, yeah, I know it's... They might not have the rights to that. I would appreciate rotating them, but then inevitably one day you're going to show up, well, my kid wanted to see Happy, and... Happy's not here, and then you have to deal with that. And so. I am far from it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rhino, uh, you should be a mom. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll complain in style. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Michaela. Charles. Okay. Um, registration now open for pasta baking demonstrations hosted by Terralina Crafted Italian. So, Ooh. for you pasta makers in training, it's some special news. No, no, no. I actually did do this when it was the other place, and it was amazing. Yeah, I, th- I remember you talking about that after you did yeah. it. Um, so, Justin Plank, executive chef at Terralina Crafted Italian in Disney Springs, is holding a pasta making demonstration where he will show guests how to make fresh pasta at home with a few simple ingredients. In the class, registered participants will learn how to make spinach and ricotta ravioli with roasted garlic tomato cream sauce with, uh, while sipping wine. Uh, participants will then put their skills to the test and create their own dish to take home. The class will be held at Terralina Crafted Italian Restaurant at Disney Springs on Saturday, September 15th from 12 p.m. until 2 p.m. The cost is $40 per guest, and registration is currently available. Um, so if you want to drink wine and make pasta, 
outside of your house. Um, <laughs> this is a way to do it. Um, they, cool. when, if, if they, they're running it the same way. They were always pouring the drinks, and uh, you got to take all the pasta you made with you, but then they also made you like good pasta if you were terrible at it. So like you got <laughs> to eat there, and you had a meal to go. And I thought it – so I got to experience it with Eli. So I, I was like, oh, this would be a lot of fun if you get like a group of four to go and do this sort of a thing. It seems like a fun – something different, you know. I agree with that. So if you're trying to see a different side of Disney, you haven't experienced a million times. So thanks, Charles. Julie. The gardens course at Disney's Fantasia Gardens Miniature Golf will be closing today. Uh, cancel your vacations. <laughs> but only through the 28th of this month and reopening on the 29th. The Fantasia course will remain open during this time. Thank you. Like I said, cancel your vacations. <laughs> it's all It's the best course on Disney property. You shouldn't have to go if it's not open. There's but... no point even traveling to Orlando if you're not hitting that course. <laughs> Agree. Thank you, Julie. Rhino. Um, okay, so um, the minivan service is now available between Orlando International Airport and Disney World Resort Hotels. So if you are one of the guests staying at Walt Disney World Resort Hotel, you can now use the minivan for travel to and from the Orlando International Airport. Um, so when you are staying on, if you are within Walt Disney World property, you use the Lyft app in order to call the minivan service. But if you want it to pick you up at the airport, you have to call 407-WDW-PLAY. And uh, the hours of operation for the minivan shuttle service is for flight arrivals between 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. and flight departures between 9 a.m. and 12 a.m. Um, for those of you who don't know, the minivan holds up to six passengers, um, around eight medium-sized suitcases, and up to three complimentary car seats are also provided, and they can be ADA-accessible vehicles as well. Uh, this is the kicker, though. And that does not include your gratuity. Wow. Each way. Yeah. Yeah, one way. No, no, no. Not both ways. Yeah, one way. So, I mean, we knew when the test started with the airport. We knew how expensive it was. Uh, Clearly, someone's doing it, or they wouldn't have rolled it out to all the resorts. Mm -hmm. But I want to know who these people are, and I want to shake their hands. Yeah. It's it's amazing we know because one it's person. like that is severely that is just specifically a let's profit off brand affiliation thing. You you can get an Uber XL with most of the same capabilities and or or a Lyft, a regular Lyft, not through the service. Um, well, actually, can you still get a Lyft not using the minivan service to Disney Resort property? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you can still do that, right? So, like, can make sure to compare those prices first because I've traveled from the airport to the parks and it has not been that much. Just text also, me. Also, Magical I'll drive Express you. is free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could also take the free one. You could. I mean, but who wants anything free in life? You're like a do, they pick, do they pick up your luggage like Magical Express does? Yeah. It's, well, yeah. So it says it can fit up to eight medium suitcases. I don't like that yeah, terminology. Yeah, but do they pick your luggage up at the... Oh, you mean yeah, do they like grab it at the... I'm sure you've got to pull it to the curb. There's yeah, no way. Like Magical yeah. Express has better service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't even have to touch your bags. Agree. So thank you, Rhino. Well, we're out of time. We have we have stuff to go do. That's our life. So um, that's that's it. Nothing more. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged. Uh, we'll be back with you again next week, Rhino. I want to hear that music because I'm ready to be finished. Uh, until then, guys, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye.